The cryptocurrency world is a lot like the wild, wild west. Pioneers and trailblazers are breaking new ground to serve humanity, all the while scallywags and ne'er-do-wells are seizing the opportunity to exploit those courageous enough to venture down the path. There are incredible tales both of untold wealth and unfathomable loss, as the crypto story is still being written. One of these tales was thoroughly documented by author Jamie Bartlett, his book, the Missing Crypto Queen, the billion-dollar cryptocurrency con, and the woman who got away with it is a wild, true crime tale that you must hear about. Tales such as this prompt us to seek solutions, and as a victim of crypto theft himself, Jamie has thoughts on how regulation might curb at least some of the criminal behavior. He joins us today to discuss this and more about the Crypto Queen on episode number 632. Yay! of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition. Who's bad? Hello, pioneers, trailblazers, and a couple of you who are near do wells. Does that mean you never do well? Is that what that near N E apostrophe E R do well? Near do never do wells. Never does wells. Uh, welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, where we try to does good as much as we can. I'm Joel Com. That's Travis Wright. This is episode number six hundred and thirty-two, and boy, are you in for a story today? We're always do wells. We're, we're sometimes we're do bads. We're we're mostly do wells. Yeah. <laughs> Often, but do the well. show is always bad, mm-hmm. as you know, because you're tuned in. But this episode right here is is going to be highly entertaining. So in so entertaining, in fact, the subject of this podcast created nine other podcasts on BBC, and that's ranked number one in the UK. So you're going to be highly entertained with this one right here. Indeed, you but before are. that, here's our sponsor, Crickets. Oh. Crickets. Crickets. Thanks, Crickets. Uh, Not we, the phone service. That's different, Crickets. Oh, so, but you make it sound like people don't want to sponsor the show, and that's not the case. Our inbox is full of, of people that want to sponsor the show. But I told you about a year ago, and eh, let's let's slow the roll with the sponsors, mostly because I don't like doing shout outs, and I don't like being beholden to sponsors like i don't i don't like being bought i think sometimes there are um there are merchants that are a really good fit for us that we get excited about that mm-hmm. are willing to take their sponsorship dollars but more often than not we're like nah pass but it is crypto winter so we shall see crypto crypto summer we're like yeah now nah, we're good dog we're good dog crypto winter we're like well <laughs> Good stuff. Jamie Bartlett, author of many books, and in particular, this one book about this crypto queen you may have heard of and you might not have heard about. But you're going to right now. The dark web must be a very dark place, Sir Lord Travis. Like, are there no lights there? Well, I don't know, but I mean, it probably smells of onions, too. (laughs) <laughs> I see what you did. And some guy named Tor. Some guy named Tor. He's probably from Norway. I actually knew a guy named Tor. I'm like, was it Thor? He says, no, it's Tor, T-O-R. 
I'm like, oh, you like to browse. That, it was like Tor Lundvist or something. I, like- my, my name is Tor. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of stuff does happen on uh, the dark net, which also is the name of a book written by author Jamie Bartlett. It's a best-selling book named best book of the year by NPR and the fake news, Washington post. But regardless mm, the Bezos of is, the Bezos has liked it. I apparently, but whether or not they are fake news, we know that uh, Jamie Bartlett is not. He's here with us right now. Hello. Good, sir. Jamie, how are you? I'm very well. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Do you come from a land down under? No, a land down under is Australia. I'm the land. I don't know what I am. The land up over the UK, London. I I have the worst. (laughs) The worst time detecting the Queen's <laughs> accents. I really do. I'm horrible at it. I, I the well, other I day, suppose I could speak a little bit more like this, and then it might be more obvious. Well, that that would be more obvious. Yeah. Well, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, regardless to us, you're a scouse. Is that good? <laughs> I don't know. Seems That's like beautiful. it's a word. Oh God, it's, it's <laughs> going to go on forever. <laughs> uh, it just might. You are a um, a spinner of yarns, a storyteller, and uh, we both have a um, uh, an admiration for storytellers because that's what we do, and we feel like the best podcasts tell the best stories. And uh, as the author of multiple books, your your newest one is called "The Missing Crypto." queen the billion dollar cryptocurrency con and the woman who got away with it i mean now right there you've got me uh, that that is a yarn that must be unfurled it's uh yeah it's completely it's just an incredible story really and uh i'm, I'm amazed not more people know about it to be honest it, to give you the short version Dr. Ruja Ignatova turns up in 2014, tells the world she's created the next Bitcoin, the next big, you know, cryptocurrency that's going to revolutionize finance and make you rich in the process. But she says the difference with this one is that I'm selling it through multi-level marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, Herbalife, Amway, Tupperware. I'm using Bitcoin that technique. Oh. <laughs> she was way smarter than that she wasn't doing any of that stuff she was legit she had a de- degree from oxford a phd in law she worked at mckinsey's for five years she was a relig- you know a really serious finance person except in 2014 she she realizes this is her chance to get uh, to get rich this is her chance to make the millions she'd been dreaming of and within 18 months so by sort of mid 2016 we're talking about a million people had invested something like four billion dollars into one coin and that, that was the name it, of it one coin that was the one the... coin yeah that was the coin that she'd created the coin that she was selling one coin uh to rule them all and she, um, you know, it looks like this thing's going amazing. The price on paper's going up and up and up, but people can't turn their one coin back into dollars or euros just yet. And then in October 2017, she takes a budget airline flight from Bulgaria to Athens, Greece, and disappears into thin air with everybody's money and hasn't been seen since. And a month ago was placed on the FBI's top 10 most wanted list. She's the only woman on the list. I think she's the only crypto scammer that's ever been on the list. Uh, and that's the story. And the story's still unfolding now. Mm. And she's a doctor, right? So she's like, she's figured things out. Like when you talk about her background, 
you talk about Mackenzie for five years and you talk about her schooling and her PhD, like you would look at this. And I mean, I think I would look at this and, and, and be like, whoa, this yeah. person seems pretty legit. And, and did it. And, th- and then she ended up going to Wembley and did something like it. It was huge. Like she was just huge. Like, and then oh disappeared God, yeah. out of trace. It's incredible. She would, she'd, she'd fill out arenas and 10,000 people in Bangkok were screaming her name. 5,000 people at Wembley arena in London, you know, all turning out, like investing all their money. Like if you've ever seen a multi-level marketing conference, it's oh, like yeah. a, it's like a rock conference crossed with an AGM. I mean, it's a really weird thing. This was what OneCoin was all about. Everyone had their Lamborghinis parked out front, of course, but she was legit. This is the thing. She looked on paper to be far more trustworthy than most crypto entrepreneurs. To the ordinary person, to the untrained eye, to the typical investor on the street, she would say, who the hell is Satoshi Nakamoto anyway? Some random internet dude and you're going to give all your money to Bitcoin? Well, check me out. I've got a PhD in law. I've got a <laughs> master's degree from Oxford. I am for, I'm, and she would say, don't worry about the tech. Don't worry about the nerdy stuff. I've got, it was, it was the second biggest crypto at one point in 2016. Right. So well, like, well, think of it, think of it, th- Ethereum, right. A bigger. So she says, so she says, okay. so this is, she would, she would, she would print out these charts that she would give on her grand presentations to thousands of people which would list it as the second biggest crypto by market capitalization because she generated so many coins through her crypto uh, with a market value of six euros eight euros ten euros it was going up and so she did the the typical market cap calculation and, and it would always come up second except the price that she claimed her each one of her one coin was worth was completely made up by her. Huh. You couldn't sell it. So this market cap that she claimed to have was fabricated, was meaningless. She'd made it up. So, you know, this is really early. This is before I got into crypto and Travis had walked away from crypto during this time and it wasn't really in tune. Do you remember hearing about this, Trav, while it was happening? Or I remember afterwards. hearing about one coin back in the day. I remember hearing about Ethereum around the launch time, but I just still really didn't understand blockchain at the time. I didn't really get it all, but I I, I remember I remember seeing an app, downloading an app that that was that was basically publicizing the ETH IPO, but it just didn't click to me because I didn't have anybody. Every, every intelligent person that I talked to had no clue about crypto. But I do remember seeing one coin. I do remember seeing MasterCoin and some of these other ones. But I didn't dive in at that time. No. So uh, I linked up uh, in uh, in the Zoom chat for both of you to look at some articles that I'm linking in the show notes for you all to see. And there's uh, some videos of, of Ruja ignatova on here and there is a timeline uh one coin is founded in 2014 promising to be bigger and better than bitcoin the first allegations of it being a ponzi scheme happened in 2015 in 2016 she's at wembley in front of 90,000 people and in 2017 the german financial authorities issue a cease and desist order and she goes poof uh they uh, but apparently the co-founder was arrested in Thailand, and uh, another founder was arrested in L.A. 
when when the cease and desist order happened, what do you think was going through her mind that she disappeared? Did yeah, she I, know it was a scam? Uh, by that point, yes. By that point, by 2017, she knew exactly what she was doing. I think she'd uh, gets a little bit complicated in terms of what technology she had and didn't have. And she may have even started off thinking this would be five million pounds, five million dollars. It, it might collapse. It might work. If it does collapse, I'll walk away. I'll be one of the many failed ICOs of that time. People promising the moon, not delivering. Apologies. It's a risky investment. What am I going to do? The FBI is not going to care about it. But because of the multi-level marketing element, it got so big, so fast, and she started selling millions of coins that she'd never generated on her blockchain and there was no way of unraveling it and and then she just continued to fabricate the price lie about the technology and by 2017 it was clearly going to collapse i mean she was generating at some point thousands and thousands of coins a minute each of which had a nominal value she said of eight nine ten euros she was generating hundreds of thousands of euros a day out of thin air and people were supposed to believe this but it i don't think it was the german cease and desist order that made her disappear because two weeks before she vanished the department of justice or the uh, southern district of new york in the u.s issued a seal indictment for her arrest sealed indictment two weeks beforehand and here's the like hollywood angle to the story she was actually having an affair with one of her money launderers and an, an, an american financier guy from florida he is in fact he has already been arrested by the fbi by this point and has agreed to cooperate and help them catch dr ruja she doesn't believe that he is going to leave his wife she doesn't know about the fbi at this point so she gets one of her associates to bug his room to check that he's going to leave his wife for her, realises he's doing a deal with the FBI, realises ah. that she's in trouble as well, boom, she disappears. And it's been five years. So the, the, the actual events leading up to her disappearance really are like a Netflix series, I mean, absolutely ridiculous in some respects. But... You know, the whole of the crypto world, I've always thought it from the beginning. I mean, it really, some of it really is stranger than you could ever imagine the stories that are involved in all of this. So this is just another one of them, I guess. Mm. Hey, Joel, yes, where sir. in the world is Ruja Ignatova? <laughs> that sounds like a TV series. Has this been turned into a screenplay? Is there a, uh, a biopic? Is there a Netflix film um, in the works? We 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 at the B, at the BBC. I made a a, a a currently it's a nine part podcast series. Uh, it got to number one in the iTunes charts over oh, nice. here in the UK. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and there's a couple more coming soon. Can't wow, go into number the one, number one in the UK as far as story with nine parts, dude. That tells you right there that somebody's sniffing it to make a movie, right? I can't go into it, but there's 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 there is currently in the works at least there's a lot of projects, and this has turned into a bit of an industry itself, turning this story into documentaries and dramas and all the rest of it. It's become quite yeah. a thing of its own. There is one of the projects actually involves someone that was on our podcast, one of the investors, who is going to be played by Kate Winslet in a oh. movie about all of this. So yeah, I'd be looking out for this. Give it a couple of years, and the story's going to start appearing on the screen. 
I was looking at uh, um, the historical snapshots on Coin Market Cap. I never even see one coin on there. Like one, one coin doesn't really pop up so on much. There wasn't on there. I don't think it was ever on there because none of the exchanges, she was trying to get Kraken, Polonia, all these big ones, the big exchange sites. She was trying to get them to list the coin, but I think they all took a look at the technology and just said, no, you don't have the technology. We're not so listing it. So the only place people could buy or sell was through the official OneCoin website then. Exactly. Yeah. Through, <laughs> through multi-level marketing. Right. So you'd have to sign up. <clears throat> And you would buy the packages because someone above you had sold them to you. Mm -hmm. And then you were on the, in their downline. And then you'd sell packages of one coin to other people. Joel and recommended it. Yeah. And, the, <laughs> and, you'd, and you'd, you'd end up with a garage full of boxes of one coin because you bought all these one. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> and then you get you, divorced. You know, Joel, you, you have put your finger on why this was such a genius idea. Because she and her multi-level marketers realized that the problem with a lot of multi-level marketing is the boxes in the garage. Sure. It's a yeah. pain in the ass for the like you got to sell vitamins to your friends and family, or they yeah. just stack up. It's a constant reminder of your failure, you know, your bad choices. And then, you know, then your wife divorces you and she's like, you keep the damn vitamins, you know, in the garage. And it's more of a reminder. She, she realized that what if you weren't selling vitamins or hair products or supplements, you were selling a virtual currency that existed on a virtual wallet. So there's no crap in your garage. And not only that, does Amway or Tupperware or Avon go up in value every month, every week? No, but one coin did. So she said, so it was like the perfect MLM product. It's virtual and it increases in value. And this is why it took, and this is why you probably most people didn't hear about it in the crypto world and it didn't appear on coin market cap because it was targeting people who worked in multi-level marketing people who six months earlier were selling coffee to their mates and now they're into crypto they weren't technically minded they didn't understand blockchain but they understood like this i've read an article in the new york times by Mark Andreessen about how blockchain is going to revolutionize the world. I want to get in on that. And that's the extent of my technical know-how. And that was enough to get people into it. It's wild because if you do research on this lady now, you can go dive in and see all kinds of information about this. But she got her PhD. But in 2012, she was convicted of fraud by a German court with her and her father and was given a 14-month sentence, right? Then... She says, oh, these cryptos are going to be huge. Let's make a multi-level marketing scam called Big Coin, B-I-G <laughs> coin. <laughs> and then that, that thing was shut down because they realized it was a scam. And then she went on with her brother to create one coin. So it's just, it's just amazing when you look at it. But so how let me ask you this. How did one coin work? Uh, well, it didn't really work because uh, you couldn't really do anything with it. But, but the basic thing is that you would buy, you wouldn't buy one coin directly from the company. You would buy educational packages. Mm. So what they were technically selling you were PDFs about how to invest in finance and crypto. And you would receive free coins with your packages. 
those packages would then you'd have the coins in your account you could log in you could see how many you had it was all run by the company so this isn't decentralized this is all controlled by that one company really by mm. dr ruja herself and you could see the value of your coin going up periodically but that was a number that ruja just invented and she always said listen in six months we're going to list it on Kraken or one of the big one of the big exchanges. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to sell it for that price, and you're all going to make a fortune. Six months would come and go. She'd say, "Ah, oh, regulators are a pain in the arse. You know they're causing me issues. The SEC's moaning. We're going to wait another six months. Wait another six months. Wait another six months." In the months. can, baby, kicking the and can. It, and it never happened. But people, once you've invested your money in these things, you've invested your reputation. You've often invested. You've often basically in the one coin case you've persuaded your friends and family to invest in one coin as well because that's it ripped through village i mean i went to a small village in uganda where everyone knew about one coin and mm. loads of them had put their life savings into it mm. <clears throat> because their cousin or their brother or their aunt had told them mm. about it and so people didn't want to stop believing in it because they're all tied in it together. Of and course. They're, they're still doing it today, still being promoted today, even though Dr. Ruja is on the FBI's top 10 most wanted. One list. coin is still being promoted. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. You know, it's really funny. I went on to uh, Quant to do a search and I typed cryptocurrency multi-level marketing because I was looking for, okay, what other coins are there? But it took me one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, nine items down the page to get to it because the previous eight were all articles about how crypto itself is a multi-level marketing scam, right? Which says people don't under, you know, really understand how crypto works. But I finally did come to uh, a page on infinite MLM software uh, com that has as of January of 2021, the top 10 crypto MLM companies were, according to this article, iCoin Pro, Mindset 24 Global, Tradecoin Club, BitClub Network, MasterCoin Plus, Starbits, Digital Gold Share, Ormius Global, Ladium, and My Trader Coin. So this is, there are still a lot None of None of those sound there. legit to me, though. Just their names sound shitty. <laughs> You, you don't like the uh, MasterCoin Plus? Eh, because I know about MasterCoin. I don't know. OneCoin and BigCoin, like, th- those were small names. That Now they're all like, this con- this Connect Plus Club. Like, whatever. Come on, shut up. Yeah, you but know what's interesting there. about this, though, to me, is the packages that you were talking about. So there was the 5,000 5, euro package, the 10,000 euro package. Then they and then there was the one hundred dollar euro package to start. Then there was an event in London which they released a twenty eight thousand pound package. And then in October two thousand sixteen, they introduced a one hundred and eighty eight thousand eight hundred and eighty eight euro package and a two hundred and twenty five thousand five hundred dollar super combo package. Joel, which one would you like to get started? I'll send you the letter. We'll get started right now. Which one comes with uh, fries? That's the one I want. (laughs) The crazy thing about that is, so yeah, there there were packages where you could could basically invest $225,000 to buy a load of PFDs, PDFs, sorry, a load of PDFs. Uh, and you know this sort of rubbish educational material that the regulators were supposed to believe that's what you were buying. The coins were just free, 
uh, with it. Of course, that was rubbish. But for two hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars, the the you you were essentially buying like millions of dollars worth of one coin back. It didn't make sense. You're talking about hundreds and hundreds or thousands of percent returns immediately. So why isn't Bill Gates buying all of these amazing packages of and course. just turning them straight into dollars himself? Of course, you couldn't turn them directly back into dollars. You might have to wait three months or six months. But that was essentially the offer, which is completely ridiculous. But it, it shows you there was something about something in the air in 2016 that the, imp the impossible seemed normal in the world of crypto. Mm. You really could just turn a dollar into $10,000 because everyone seemed to have done it. And the people that invested in one coin, there was almost a sense of injustice about them having missed out. They would see their mates who'd invested in Bitcoin who weren't smarter than them. They weren't more diligent than them or industrious. They just got into Bitcoin before they did. It didn't seem fair. And so the, the kind of the, the, the kitchen table saying of if it sounds too good to be true, then it probably is. It didn't seem to work on these guys because Bitcoin seemed too good to be true, but it was making a lot of people rich. And that's the time. That's why this thing, all these ridiculous promises, that's why they worked. That's why so many people believed them. Well, and still do. It still does work with people today, right? The promises of uh, getting rich quick, you know, the same type of um, hysteria happened around NFTs, you know, last year and into the beginning of this year. Anybody was everybody was a genius because they were making money with NFTs and then reality hits. Um, hey, you got to have some real utility and real value and the, the bottom falls out. And that, that's not Ponzi. That's not MLM as far as, you know, I can tell. But the mentality of people is how do I 10x overnight? Yeah, exactly. It was all about that. The investors, if you'd have said, I can, I can guarantee you 6% annual return, they were not interested in that. It had to be immediate 10x because that's what would change their lives. That's what would, if you don't have much money and you've got $5,000 to invest, honestly, what's the good of? 10% annual return, really? What's it going to do? But 10xing in a week can change your life. And the promise of that, the possibility of that was so great that people believed you could spend $225,000 and basically be given millions of dollars back in return almost immediately. It is wild. And by the way, folks, while we are having a conversation about the crypto queen and one of the biggest scams in crypto history, Bitcoin is now below $19,000, folks. Oh, nice. Is it? It has fallen significantly as we are, are going on this. So you did nine shows on the BBC, on the Beeb. And um, are we any closer to finding Dr. Ruja? Like, I mean, what's the deal? Do you think she's, what do you think has happened? Has she gone off and gotten plastic surgery? Has she dropped a bunch of pounds and dyed her hair blonde? Like, what, what's going on? Well, that fun, um, all of those things, exactly those three things in particular, yes to all of them. I think she's got plastic surgery, lost a load of weight and has blonde hair now. So that is all correct. I don't know if you just ah. guessed that, but that's exactly what I think she's done. She, um, I, spent, I spent three years trying to track this woman down and the FBI is now on it. And I, I sincerely hope they can get there before I do, because otherwise, what are they, you know, what are the FBI playing at if I could beat them to it? So I, I, I think the FBI now being really on the case 
is going to mean she will get she will get found by them. They don't give up once once you're on the list. Uh, it's embarrassing for them if they don't find her. So I think she, I think if Doctor Ruja had Hunter Biden's laptop, they would have already found it and buried it. <laughs> but i th- i actually think with after all the different theories i've heard i get phone calls a lot i've seen her in london i've seen her in new york i've seen her in brazil she's had a sex change she's this she's that and we've tried to figure out you know oh my what's the most re- reliable what are the most consistent she's theme? now rue john and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and she yeah she met rue paul and became rue john <laughs> It's been suggested. <laughs> uh, Never know. It's 2022, baby. And when you got four billion dollars, you can probably do whatever the hell you want. That's exactly right. You know, that's exactly that's right. That's exactly right. And you can disappear for long periods of time. You can buy fake passports that are indistinguishable from the real thing. You can you buy travel- other country passports. You, and like, you there's some real ones. You certainly can. Exactly. Real passports. I call them real fakes. I mean, it's not really your gut traveling under a different name, but it's a real passport. And you you can travel uh, very privately. So I think she still travels around Europe. So I don't think she's disappeared to Russia or Brazil or anywhere like that. I think she stayed in Europe. And I think she spends most of her time in and out of islands and yachts around Greece which is where she first disappeared to. Well, what, why are you, why is that your theory? I mean, is there enough um, people saying they've seen her in those areas that yeah. lead you to believe that? And if that's the case, how has the FBI not, you know, tra- tracked her down? They've only give it a few weeks and I think they might. Uh, Maybe by the time this show comes out. I thought you said this was going to be out like t- I, I tomorrow. did. It was going to come out tomorrow, but you never know. I mean, breaking news. We're cutting into your podcast <laughs> to uh, to update you on the story. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's easier to stay hidden if you've got enough money than you think. But but I've spent, like I said, three years now piecing together clues. And it's just where we've worked out based on lots of things, but mostly the credibility of the sightings we've had consistently placing her in and around the Mediterranean, around Greece uh, on multiple occasions by very credible people. So that's where I suspect it's close to Bulgaria as well, where she is well protected. And you've got to remember Bulgaria is the most corrupt country in the European union. You know, she, the, the FBI. And it's super cheap to live there. Like Bulgaria is like super cheap. The FBI believes that she was paying corrupt government officials off. The person who ran her security, the FBI says, is Bulgaria's the most notorious cocaine trafficker in Bulgarian history. He's, he's, his nickname in Bulgaria is the Cocaine King. He's the person that was running her security. Wait, wait. Yeah, so the Cocaine King <laughs> and the Crypto Queen are together? But who's going to be the shitcoin prince? That's what we got to know now. The child of them two, yeah. <laughs> So, so th- this is interesting. That stuff is fascinating. But you know, as we're we're here about thirty something minutes on the show, I want to ask about this. You wrote a book called "The People Versus Tech," and it was the Orwell Prize for political writing, and it also won other awards. And so, I'm I'm curious, like, what can you say about the state of big tech right now versus the people? Because it's not looking very good for Team Us. No, this is it. I think it's looking really bad. I think that we um, the, the, the concentration of power in the hands of a small number of people 
the ability to sense the content in a way that no one can really see or understand, sometimes including even those platforms themselves. The fact that when you're dealing with very confusing technology and no one knows how it's ordered and who's putting what in front of whom and for what reason, it also fuels frustration, conspiracism, anger. Everyone accuses everybody else of being manipulated by fake news so no one thinks anyone else knows what they're talking about and the whole thing is just a complete catastrophe i mean all i I wasn't really gunning after zuckerberg or dorsey or any of those guys in, in the book it was more to say we've spent a lot of years trying to build up representative democracies imperfect representative democracies republics and so on and digital technology in many ways just comes along and it just doesn't give a shit about that. I mean, it just doesn't follow the same rules or logic. And the two things just aren't working very well together at the moment. Hmm. Simple. Yeah. So do you um, regularly seek out, you know, other scams to help warn people? Or is was this just like, hey, this caught my attention. This is on the radar. I want to I want to read more about this, write about this. I was always interested. I mean, in the book, The, the Darknet, I, I, did a, I did a TED talk about how people were buying drugs on the Silk Road using Bitcoin. I mean, in, back in 2014. And it, I just always found it interesting the way that these new technologies get used in ways that, that people don't predict or imagine. And oftentimes you can learn a lot from those fringe movements about the, the useful application of technologies. So that was always my thing. Like, what do we learn from the fringes? The people that everyone else says is crazy or stupid or dangerous. They're very often doing something very smart with technology that the rest of us could learn from if we just looked past, you know, some of the actual actions they take. So I've always just been interested in that. Um, but it was the, 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 the one coin thing. It's a bit like this with journalism a lot. You, someone turns up and tells you about it. And I go onto some forums and start looking it up. And I'm like, what? multi-billion dollar crypto coin of a missing founder what the hell is that all about and i've no hardly any mainstream press were talking about this they were just ignoring it but you go to little niche forums and little niche blogs and it's alive with content and discussion and debate that often mainstream journalists ignore and dismiss those places that's where it was all happening with one coin and i got really into it and how they were talking about it it was ordinary people by the way that really pulled this scam down well people, journalism has changed i mean citizen it was citizen journalism. journalists no. it was yeah. citizen journalists that's what that's what's people. happening now and nobody trusts the mainstream media outlets anymore either and believe that they are out of touch or under the control of a, a larger um, hand that's that's puppeting them so uh, i i have this question though are you tracking hex at all and i'm curious i you know what you know what i i i've been very careful not to call lots of other coin scams or ponzi's or pyramids. i didn't say that i just I, asked you I if know, you're tracking it I, I didn't say you did say that but i'm just saying that i've avoided commentary on other coins because I spent three years on this one coin, and sometimes that's the amount of time and attention and detail you need to re. And I can say definitively what one coin was and wasn't, and how it worked, mm. and I can speak with credibility about about it. Notice how he's not saying it's not. <laughs> not saying we, we've heard. Richard has been on the show. It was a very pleasant interview, and you know, um, I, I'm not saying it is or it isn't. I was just curious if you applied any of the the standards that you 
you know, had the the things that were on the checklist that you were looking no, at. Joe, it's six months from now. You know, those those uh, regulators, they're very tough. You know, those SECs are paying the ass. Six more months, bro. X will be on there. The thing is, what one thing I've noticed, whether uh, you might disagree with this, but this is how I know OneCoin got around a lot of the criticism. People were calling OneCoin a Ponzi scheme from with one month after it had come out. But Ruja and her co-founders would say, yeah, but Bitcoiners call Ethereum a Ponzi scheme and Ethereum people call Ripple a Ponzi scheme and Ripple people call Litecoin and Dogecoin a Ponzi scheme. So what's the difference between us and them? Everyone calls everyone a Ponzi scheme. Then one coin well, is just as huge, legit as the rest. Huge I, difference, dude. Massive Joel, difference, Joel, Joel. Joel, I know there's a big difference. I'm saying that she could get around it. Right. She got around the criticism by saying, if everyone calls everyone a Ponzi scheme, and the people that invested would buy that argument, they'd say, "Yeah, you're all calling everything a Ponzi yeah. scheme." So, one coin. I mean, the, the the key is everybody's it, a fascist now, Joel. It's like this yeah. is what it is. You're a Nazi, no, Joel, Travis. Joel, I, I I agree, and I and I never that's but I never call Bitcoin a Ponzi scheme or Ethereum because they have a they have a a use case that you're buying what you know the technology sure. actually is you can trust the price because there is a generally because there is a price mechanism on an open market all the things that one coin didn't have but i'm just saying that i'm very wary to call things scam or otherwise because i know that that could delegitimize somehow me calling one coin a ponzi scheme because the one coin people would be like look at him he's just calling everything a ponzi. well if we're gonna attribute you know ponzi and, and scam um types of characteristics to financial systems uh hello federal reserve fiat currencies the stock market the the precious metals markets i mean they're all super uber scammy they're they're all ponzi's of their own kind that are yeah. designed to uh to benefit the uh the institutional investors and screw over retail that's it it's yeah. it is it is le it's another form of las vegas vegas is there to take in the money from regular people and that's exactly what all the traditional markets do as well it's the, yeah. the everything is stacked against the retail investor because of all the manipulation yeah yeah, I understand. I understand. The the difference, I suppose, is that OneCoin uh, was flat out lying about the technology it had that it was that you were buying, and flat out lying about the price you could sell it for. So maybe the word Ponzi sometimes doesn't quite do justice to what it really was. It was just a straight, it was a complete investment scam where you were just being sold thin air. Other things have elements of Ponzi in them and the way they are structured to benefit early investors at the expense of later investors. Yes, and I think a lot of things have Ponzi and pyramidal elements within them, whereas OneCoin was a straight, pure Ponzi pyramid scheme. So is uh, one-coin.org, is that still, is that the official, is that the same OneCoin? It says, welcome to the official OneCoin project website. Oh, you know what? I actually think there is another OneCoin that has been released that is, I don't actually know much about the specifics. Why the would technology. you do this? <laughs> oh, here it is. OneCoin. <laughs> this is funny. The total supply of this crypto is, guess, one coin with 24 <laughs> decimal places so it really uh, is just one coin the, oh, the nice, smallest nice. 
the smallest you can use one ones um, is point zero 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 one okay that is a i like it that is a i'm a fan of that that's good i'm gonna link that in the show notes too gang because you might there's only one coin but it's like nobody's ever gonna have one you're only getting you can't you can't have one well, actually, the developer probably had all of one at one time and then chopped it up. I want to say thank you, Jamie, for coming on, man. This has been fascinating. A lot of people who maybe don't know about Dr. Ruja uh, are now learning about it. And if you see her, him, it, they, them, zizer out anywhere, make sure you let somebody know because that's one of the biggest scams in history. And wow, think of all the people that got their money ganked from this lady. And uh, she knew, she knew it the whole time. She probably went to law school just to learn how to get around the law. And here she is. That get bitch. Suck it, Ruja. So what, uh, what are you working on now? Like what's the next? I'm still uh, on it. I'm not stopping on this story until, okay. until we, until we get her, until we know what's happened. So well, if you this, get her this, this you, till the end. If you get her, you got a much better chance of getting that Netflix deal. I'll tell you, right? And change the name of the book, though. The Found Crypto Queen. Exactly. Mm. Excellent. Hey, thanks a lot, man. Do you have a, a website of your own that you would like for people to go visit? No, Twitter's normally the place I'm most uh, frequently on. Jamie J. Bartlett. That's great. There you Jamie go. Jamie J. Bartlett. Thank, Thank you. you, Jamie J. Bartlett. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having me. Get her. You get her. Get that I'm bitch. On I'm on it. You know, it dawns on me uh, in hindsight that we didn't ask Jamie about the crypto theft that happened in uh, in his life. I had it here in the show notes to ask about it. All right. Yeah. In the rabbit hole. Um, all I know is at the time, the crypto he had was worth about $250, but mm-hmm. now it's valued at over a million and there's no way to get it back. That's all I know here. That's what it says in the, the show notes. So, mm. uh, so Jamie, maybe um, you could tweet us and let us know the short version of that. Of what he happened. said he never talked about it. And he was totally willing to talk about it. And then we totally forgot to talk about it. Yeah, totally forgot. Oh, well. Oh, well. We're only human. So, I, I, you know, do you think she's going to get... Wait a second. I just think I see Dr. Ruja out in my back. Wait, it's a lizard. Sorry. <laughs> it's, an it's an iguana. It's an iguana. I tell you about Tuki getting this iguana. Tuki got this big ass iguana the other day. That's my dog, Tuki. And this thing was from from nose to the tip of the tail. My son thinks about four and a half to five feet. This thing was huge. And my dog is like maybe a 25 pound dog, like a, a, a rat terrier. And she went after it. Like she'll stalk it. And then like she got out of that, she got out of the backyard and was hiding and stalking trying to get like and wasn't wasn't saying anything just being completely quiet stalking this iguana until i literally flew my drone up to try to find the dog in the neighborhood flew it up and she was hiding behind the crack of the door of the wall and just got up was like bark, 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 bark. she does not like the drone folks she, she's a drone hater but that's okay she did get the lizard too and then like we cut the tail off and let her have the tail and she was she was so happy she did you cook the iguana no you only cook the iguana tail actually did you cook? Because you you sent me pictures. I thought there was pinchos. I thought it was chicken. <laughs> you sent me pictures. 
<laughs> yeah, that was fun. I was just playing around. No, but they totally could. I was looking at it. That's that's the meat. I think that's the meat that's on those pinchos. But like- I, I wanted I wanted Tuki to get that satisfaction because she took that animal down. But the rest of the animal's not edible, like the head and the body, the ta- the, the the tail and the legs are the edible pieces of that thing. Wow. So, so there's chicken fingers and there's lizard fingers. That's right. But I think that the uh that the pinchos that say they're pollo is not pollo, but iguano. Oh no. Yeah, it's good. Seriously, it doesn't matter. I don't care what it is, it tastes delicious. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate your feedback. Badcryptopodcast at gmail.com. Don't be upset if we don't write you back. Honestly, I, I got to say, here's one of my little pet peeves. There's a lot of publicists that write us. And of course, we're always interested to hear about new projects. But just because you write us doesn't mean that we're going to write you back. It's not my job to write you back. Um, if we're interested, then we'll write you back. And there are a few publicists out there that keep writing and keep writing as though somehow that's going to win me over. That that persistence is what's going to push it over the edge. No, you're annoying. Stop it. It's like, I may disagree with what they have to say, Joel, but I will defend their right for them to get their 100th booster. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to bump this just in case you missed it. And some of them, their copy is like, uh, I haven't heard back from you. Please tell me a Am I annoying you like crazy? B, has this just slipped through the cracks? Or, you know, and I'm like, you're annoying me, and I'm not going to take the time to reply to tell you you're annoying me. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you know what, I, what I've always found that, got, that gets that gets responses is that like, if I message them the first time or they don't, and then I message them back, and I'll be like, hey, you know what? I really don't like email either, so I don't really like to always reply, but I do appreciate your time taking a look at this anyway, so thanks a lot. Like at the end, and they're like, and almost 90% of people will respond back if I throw that in there at the end. It's like, dude, I don't even like email either. So you're probably not going to respond, but I do appreciate you reading this far. And if you were like, you know, I don't even like myself, so it's okay if you don't like me. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I, I like myself most days. I, I have a pretty healthy self-esteem most days. Please post a review for us. Five stars is always the preferred, unless you could figure out a way to do six stars, in which case uh, that's that's a bonus right there. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. If you find the Crypto Queen, let us know. Otherwise, stay down. Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.